the Horse and Hound podcast. Hello and welcome to Horse and Hound's special daily podcasts from the Land Rover Burley Horse Trials, supported by Bailey's Performance Balancer. I'm Pippa Room, magazine and eventing editor at Horse and Hound, and I'm joined by three of my colleagues at Burley, Lucy Elder, Martha Terry and Gemma Redrub. Well, it is, of course, our final Burley daily podcast. We've had the show jumping. We have a winner. Piggy March, Veneer Kamira. I mean, Piggy said there was no one here who wasn't sort of willing her on to win and didn't think she deserved it. And I think that was so true. Lucy, talk us through the detail of Piggy's performance today and what happened. Oh, it's so exciting. It's, we've just had the press conference and I'm still riding on the adrenaline of it all. Um, it was very exciting. I think you could hear a pin drop in the whole of Burley Park. It was so quiet um, when she was jumping. Uh, by the time Piggy and Veneer Kamira went into the ring, they had two fences in hand and... They kind of tapped their way around a little bit, um, which made it even more exciting. They had the first part of the double down at 4A, and then they didn't need the other fence in hand, and it was, oh, it was wonderful. They crossed the line, and the crowd just erupted, and this makes Veneer Kamira becomes the third mare to win. She's the joint oldest horse, um, and it's Piggy's 18th attempt, according to our friends at Equi Ratings. And it must have been amazing for Piggy to have that win in the ring because, of course, when she won badminton, she wasn't the overnight leader. So although you have a little less pressure, you never have that moment of jumping the clear. I mean, she did when she won badminton, jump the clear and punch the air when, when she was sitting second. But to have that actual moment of winning it in the ring must have been so special. And we can hear from Piggy now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just really what dreams are made of. Um, there are not really any words apart from it's such relief. It's been a long time of being in the lead, you know, playing with your mind, playing games on you, of just not wanting to let her down and, to, um, you know, for just to be another day, which you totally accept. But I was so praying that it, it did go her way. She's just, you know, she's a very, very special mare. Um, I'm very proud of her. She's given me, without doubt, my best days of my life, best moments of my career. And, you know, I owe her so very much and it's it's her heart and her mind that has separated her from normal horses that I've had. Um, she wants to do it for me and you have nothing but pure respect and really just so proud of everything that she's done. Veneer Kamira also becomes the 14th horse to win both badminton and Burley, which I think is a really fun stat. It is, it is. She deserves it at last She as well. does. I mean, she's been second here twice, fifth. She really is one of the Burley greats, uh, the greatest Burley mare, I'd say. Oh, I think Hedley Britannia might have something to say oh, about that. Oh, yes. Well remembered. <laughs> <laughs> well, moving onwards, we always knew it was going to be a very exciting end of the day because the top three horses, none of them have a super show. Well, the top three horses overnight, none of them have a super show jumping record. And it ended up that the horse who was lying fourth overnight came up to finish second. Gemma, tell us about uh, about about him and his rider. Yeah, so this is Capel Capel's Hollow Drift, uh, the rider of Tom Jackson, who, quite amazingly, is a Burley first timer, and I think he becomes one of only four riders in the past century to um, finish in the top three at Burley on their first attempt. He was thirteenth after the dressage, um, and it's just his jumping. Basically, has been pure class. He showed jump clear today. He never looked like he was gonna 
have a rail down um and yeah what a horse and also lovely for tom as well because he's just seems to be one of these people that just works away quietly in the background and for him to come and do that is is pretty special yeah and tom and capel's hollow drift were added to the british nominations for the world championships quite late i think uh, presumably to replace all-star b who we so sadly lost this summer but that's sort of an indication that the selectors are interested in them for the future and they're a combination we're looking out for with Europeans next year in mind and even Paris 2024 Mm. and we can hear from Tom now talking about what makes his horse so talented and such a special performer the audio isn't great on this one as we were speaking to Tom in a busy mix zone but please bear with us I think you'll be able to hear what Tom's saying well, he's obviously very talented, but I think one of his best assets is that he's great, he's so good, you know, he, he always wants to do the right thing, he's always, you know, with me and, and concentrating, and that makes my life so much easier. So moving on again, we talked last night about the uh, the Price Power Couple, and of course they were always going to be a big part of the story today. What happened to Tim and Janelle today, Martha? Well, sort of on first sight, it looks like Tim and Janelle didn't have the perfect day. They both dropped one place. So Tim finished third on Vitali and Janelle finished fourth on Classic Moe. However, there was an element of sort of damage limitation as Tim Price knocked five down at Tokyo. And when he hit the second jump, we all sort of wondered if that might happen again. But only two more came down and amazingly it only dropped in one place. And that's really because the cross country was so influential yesterday that the show jumping wasn't quite as important, which is you know, one of the... The, the sort of great influences of eventing so that worked well um, Tim said he, he knows he's got a horse for the future he hasn't quite nailed the show jumping yet um, but I think he's, he's finding the key to him so it's really exciting he didn't seem too disappointed I wouldn't say um, and Janelle with this 19 year old Merck um, Classic Murray I think you know when you're within sight of victory it, it's a little bit disappointing but she said at the beginning if she'd been told at the beginning of the week she'd been top five she finished fourth she would have been delighted um, it was wonderful to watch her looking so incredible at the trot up this morning she looked like an eight-year-old yeah it was so great to see her and Lucy had the opportunity to speak to Tim about his round and his thoughts on Vitali's performance across the whole week he's excelled actually yeah no whilst I had a three rails down today which is a bit bit boring um, he actually jumped some good fences and uh, just incredible yesterday in the cross country totally excelled and we managed to um, pull out the kind of dressage test that I wanted to um, which I haven't always been able to do with him but has always been in him so that was great and uh, I think we put it all together we regroup and um, you know set him up for the future and you felt did you feel he jumped better today I know as you said you had three rails down but is that phase is it coming it is actually coming yeah I mean I had five down at another prominent event in Tokyo and you know there's you know there's other he's definitely getting better Um, he's getting stronger the warm-up feels better he's just got to get to know himself a bit and more in this department at the end of a a grueling day the day before he's an athlete he doesn't want to have rails it's more um, just him finding himself and I've been through these motions before and it's very rare that it's a f- your first attempt at a burley that you actually can come through and really excel. It's, you know, look at Vineka Mir, she's been here however, however many times and a lot of good results and just keep getting better. You know, this is what I'm, I'm expecting from this horse, uh, which makes him an exciting horse, especially as my, a lot of mine are getting a bit older. Yeah. The, five, the true five-star ones, I've got some exciting ones down below, but this guy, I think, is going to come and fill a bit of a gap for me and, um, and be an exciting one at that. 
And before we move on, I think it's worth uh, just mentioning the rider who came fifth as well, young Alice Caspern. She's only 20 years old. She moved up from eighth today to finish fifth with a clear... Um, a very assured performance she looked very relaxed and uh, Martha actually did a, did a great interview with her after her round where she said oh you know you seem to be ice cool and Alice actually talked a bit about her nerves and said she's never been a brave rider that family friends were saying yesterday they remember her crying refusing to go in the ring to jump 70 centimeters so pretty massive turnaround there and uh, Martha did that interview and I wrote it up for our website so piece there that you can read if you're interested in hearing more about 20 uh, year old Alice Caspin's story from crying at 70 centimeters to finishing fifth at Burley in a short time I mean everything about Alice's life is is you know short because she's only 20 years old it's not like that was when she was uh, 16 and she's now 34 so there were of course riders who were disappointed today poor kitty king has had apart from the dress a tough week i think um sounds mad to say about someone who uh, still finished in a good position but uh, Lucy tell us about about that yes Pippa she, as you said she finished sixth um, but she she was feeling a little bit disappointed she said that he hasn't he hasn't got the result he deserved this week because he hasn't done anything wrong really uh, he's a very good horse um, and I think they pretty much breathed on that pole that came down uh, in the show jumping today um, and I'm sure we'll be seeing them on the podium at this level soon. Yeah, definitely. Let's just hear from Kitty on her thoughts on that. Pretty disappointed. Um, pretty fed up with the week. Um, yeah, it's just um, he's done nothing wrong, really, of course. He's been fabulous and he hasn't got the result he deserved. Um, he jumped really well. He didn't touch anything bar the one that came down. And, you know, he was super cross-country and gave me a brilliant ride and just mis- misjudged an oxer. He thought he was an upright. So, you know, it's just not been not been our week and yeah just disappointing because he's a good horse and he's more than capable of top three results and yeah wasn't to be. And another rider who uh, did have a tumble down the leaderboard today with uh, some poles down was Bubby Upton, another British first-timer. Martha, tell us a bit more about what happened to Bubby and her thoughts. Yeah, so poor Bubby dropped from 7th overnight to 14th. She had that cracking cross-country round yesterday. Um, the writing was on, on the wall a little bit when they were held this morning at the trot-up, which they did get through, obviously, to get to the show-jumping round. Um, but he knocked four down, and she said she knew from the warm-up the first jump of the warm-up, he felt flat as a pancake. Um, she said he was really tired. He busted up for me yesterday, but um, it was his first time at that, that length and physicality of track. And she really believes he's getting better and better. He's only 12, um, but he just has to, has to do it more often. And, and there's another day to come for him. Yeah, for sure. Well, we are going to talk a little more about the predictions that we made earlier in the week and uh, who made good predictions, who made bad predictions and what happened. It's a real mixed bag, I think it's fair to say. Before we do that, we wanted just to touch again on yesterday's cross-country. And um, We mentioned a couple of statistics yesterday that uh, I'm happy to put my hands up and say as, and we're not quite accurate. Just, uh, you know, obviously uh, heat of the moment counting up before we, uh, before we came out to record the podcast yesterday evening. So we thought we should just correct those and take a moment to reflect in a more considered way on that cross-country day and how how it how it feels for the sport. Um, I mentioned yesterday the completion rate, which was actually 61%, a little higher than I said yesterday. And someone asked me last night whether I thought, you know, that was okay. My thoughts on that are that it is within the range of what is acceptable in the modern sport to have 61% of people complete at five-star level. I think one of the points maybe to think about is that spectators at the end of the course often had a long wait between riders when some, you know, a fair number weren't completing. And that's always the case, but maybe it was exacerbated here by the fact the riders ran at five-minute intervals rather than four minutes because it was a small field. Obviously, the organisers wanted to give a full day of sport. But I'd be really interested 
to know from a spectator point of view whether they would rather have a shorter day of sport where the horses come a little thicker and faster, particularly when it's actually not that thick and fast if you've got two or three in a row who are not getting to your jump, rather than spreading the day out a bit more. I don't know. That maybe depends on your mindset and who you're with and how much you're enjoying the chat between horses. But uh, I think that's a really interesting one for organisers to think about when you have a, a smaller field. I think one thing that was great is how much influence the cross-country had, that we only had one inside the time, one, one second over. That feels like a really good ratio because it, it didn't put all the pressure on having a good show jumper. You know, the fact that someone with three down came third, it just shows that you, you need to emphasise the cross-country and I think that, that was the right result. Yeah, and I, I think for me, it is, it's obviously five-star and you look at, you know, where these, where these horses that have been around Burley this week have, have finished and the ones that have finished on top are the, the supreme cross country, five-star cross-country horses and I, that is how, for me, how it should be, so... Yeah, and it is often the way at Burley, you know. It's not that long ago that Chris Burton won here with four down in the show jumping, which is pretty incredible. I think the other stat we should touch on is that we said yesterday there were nine horse falls, there were actually seven horse falls and one trapped horse. I don't think any of us are in doubt that's still too many in the modern sport. Um, something, you know, of course, Simon Derek de Grazia said in the press conference last night he hates to see. And um, Mark Phillips has actually touched on the reason for some of those horse falls in his, in his column for this week's Horse and Hound. So do pick that up or read it online if you're interested in knowing a bit more about his thoughts. So we'll take a quick break now and then we'll be back to talk about how our predictions panned out. The Horse and Hound Burley Daily Podcast is supported by Bailey's Performance Balancer. Not all ulcer-prone horses need the calories provided by specialist feeds, such as Bailey's Ease and Excel. So Performance Balancer is perfect for providing a low-starch, low-calorie diet, which supports gastric health and is accredited by Beta as suitable for horses prone to gastric ulcers. So for this final section of our Burley Daily Podcast, we're going to have a quick look back at the predictions that we made earlier in the week on our daily podcast on Wednesday and also on the weekly podcast the week before, chat about the horses who, uh, who, who we predicted and riders and what happened to them and who did well with their predictions. Going to start by talking about our winner predictions. Lucy's going to talk us through this one. Yes, let's have a look back at these. So Martha, you predicted Veneer Kamira to win and you were absolutely bang on <laughs> um, I predicted Pencos Crown Jewel Ros Cantor's ride um, they had a cracking cross country round yesterday and then uh, uh, three fences down today they finished 11th overall uh, Pippa you predicted Oratorio um, and William put his hand up and walked home from the leaf pit after, after a run out there Gemma, Oliver and Swallow Springs were your prediction um, and it wasn't Oliver's day on cross country yesterday um, and then you actually also said Veneer Kamira on the first daily podcast this week after Trot Up on Wednesday Yeah, I really wanted to pick her but we weren't all allowed to have the same one <laughs> and I wasn't there on Wednesday so, you yeah, yeah. so I nicked her I don't think I can be smug about that one I think it's fair to say we quite possibly all might have predicted Veneer Kamira I just I, went first I certainly said she was the favourite at one point but uh, Martha's going to take the honours on this one so we have a clip of Martha here talking about Veneer Kamira from our weekly podcast recorded a couple of weeks ago 
I think we were all going to say the same thing, um, which is that you can't really look past Veneer Chimera. With, no, with that's not fair. <laughs> I got rag on there first. I mean, yeah. I would say Toledo de Casa, but I think we all hope that he might have other challenges this, this autumn. But Veneer Chimera is... I remember hearing both Piggy and Tom McEwen saying that what you need at Burley is heart. And that is what that mare has. She she has, you know, that's her greatest attribute. She's been laid out for this event and she's actually starting to get better with age. If if you can do that at 17, you know, the, did, I don't know if anyone saw her jump at um, Hartbury last weekend, but her double clear there, so fast, so good. And she, she just has so much presence. I think she's getting better in the dressage. I think she is a clear winner and she's already been second, second, fifth, I think. So yeah, my money's on her all the way. So we then each predicted a dark horse to finish in the top 10. Lucy predicted Michael Owen and Bradley Law, who were did go well cross country and they were 21st overnight after that phase. Top 10 might have been a stretch, but if the show jumped well, it was possible or certainly to finish in the teens. Sadly, Michael didn't present Bradley Law today, so they were non-finishers. I predicted Woods Boffman, the American rider, who made a good start in the dressage but did not complete the cross-country, had three refusals or run-outs and ended up walking home. Gemma predicted Richard Jones. So Gemma was the uh, the top predictor in this one because Richard finished seventh. There was some doubt about whether he was really a dark horse that we discussed at the time. So uh, let's hear that section again from Wednesday. To be fair, he's not so much of a dark horse because they do have five-star form uh, but it's local rider Richard Jones who was, used to be my old boss uh, and Alfie's Clover they went well at badminton they've been gone well here before they've been in the top 10 um, and it's he's a funny horse he goes he's around with his ears flat back in the dressage and I think oh, are you enjoying it Alfie but as soon as that horse gets onto a cross-country course there's just no stopping him and he's him and Rich you know Rich has produced him from from scratch basically and and they're a great partnership and yeah i think I've, they should be top 10 if not top five i'm not sure we can allow you to get away with the top 10 of a horse who's been in the top 10 at five star <laughs> oh, three times to be honest but yeah, you know what he goes so under the radar and i think is underrated and so that's why all right i'll let you get away with it because we've all got dinner commitments <laughs> <laughs> We then each predicted a best first timer and Gemma is going to talk us through how that went for us. Yep, so there, there were obviously some great first timers in the field this year. Um, start with Lucy's prediction, which is Susie Berry. Um, she was on Ringwood LB. They had a great start in the dressage, but sadly um, their Burley campaign came to an end at the Fairfax and Faber Rails, the first part of those yesterday. And, um, they fell, all fine though, protect today, and they're all fine. Um, I picked Felicity Collins, um, an RSH contender. Sadly, they had a run out at the bottom of the leaf pit yesterday and she sort of jumped a couple more fences after that and, and then put her hand up and retired. And I think it's probably, um, again, I've sort of checked and is going to try and reroute somewhere else. And then, Pippa, you predicted Bubby Upton. So you win this one. Well done. Um, and we've already talked about Bubby and, and obviously she finished 14th with Kola. Yeah, although she uh, she wasn't the best first timer by any stretch of the imagination, was she? Because we had Tom Jackson yeah. and Alice Caspin above her. And where did Wills Oakton finish, Gemma? I don't have the results in front of me. Yeah, Wills actually finished in 13th. He was um, uh, quite 
up there I can't remember where he was but going into the show jumping but he unfortunately had three down in the final phase but yeah still finished a very creditable 13th he was 10th right. going to show jumping okay so he, he only dropped three places but uh, and um, he's very competitive so he's maybe a little bit disappointed with that but it's still a very good result yeah for sure and where did Cornelia Dorf finish I think she was also uh, above Bobby in the end she yeah finished 10th yeah, on Daytona so. Beach and yeah she was um, she was really buzzing as you would be she was extremely oh, impressive double yeah. clear very very I feel like they were around 50th after dressage gosh that must they have were, been a big climb were, yeah they were I mean they, they did a 39 so they they must have been yeah 50, I think they were 50th actually we don't have a full set of printed results here as you can tell so uh, we're uh, finding information in all kinds of way on the hoof yep she was 50th wow that after is incredible the dressage, time, 50th so, to 8th yeah that's pretty impressive. That's very impressive. It's going to be relevant to the next section. Tenth. Actually, 50th to 10th. 50 to 10th. 40 tenth. places. Nice. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> really impressive there from Cornelia. Okay. So uh, so I I was the best of the predictions, but definitely didn't predict the best first timer on that one. You, still, you can still have the point. No, it's okay. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and our final prediction was about leaderboard climbers, and Martha's going to talk us through that one. Well, I think so. We've established that... Um, uh, Cornelia Door and Daytona Beach have moved up from 50th to 10th, which is phenomenal. None of you guessed that one. Um, no one saw that one coming, I guess, because she's from the US. We, she wasn't really on our radar. So Lucy predicted that uh, Christina Hall Jackson and CMS Google will be the big leaderboard climber. They started on 27th after dressage. They were 27th after cross country with one run out and they had just one down today to move up two places to 25th. So not a huge climb. Um, Gemma predicted Regan Ruhr and Carl Daniels and he was 29th after dressage climbed to, 20, to 17th after cross country but he didn't present this morning and Pippa um, went for Unumdor and Cedric Liard who were 30th after dressage so lots of scope for climbing they, they came up to 19th overnight from cross country and scraped up another place to 18th today so I think Pippa wins that one Ah, and we do have a quick clip of me talking about Cedric and Umnum Dor from Wednesday's podcast. I'm going to pick a French rider, um, Cedric Liard, with Unum Dor. He has been fifth and seventh at Burley on another horse, so he knows what it takes to go well here. Um, the horse was ninth at Poe on his five-star debut last year, but was pulled up cross-country at Badminton, so he does have some five-star form. And I think they're ones who can move up in the course of the week. So that was our fun look back at our predictions from earlier in the week. It's uh, always a good game to play to see uh, who's the best tipster. Oh, ladies, I'm sad. This is this is the end, I think. I had a sudden realisation when I was walking down for the last for the afternoon session of show jumping. So I was like, oh, no, it's all going to be over in an hour and a bit. And um, yeah, saying the same to you, walking on the way back, wasn't I, Lucy? I was like, I just hope we don't have to wait another three years to come back like we have this I time. Know, but if we did have to wait three years for a Burley, I think this one is kind of made up for it. Ah, it's, it's yeah, it's a good result. I don't, I don't want to wait another three years though. Oh no, 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 no! I'm not saying that. <laughs> no, no, but, no. <laughs> but it was certainly worth the wait. I'd rather not waited three years for it. I'd have taken this result the year after. That would have been absolutely <laughs> fine. But anyway, yeah. But then, if uh, if Mira had won when she was 14, it wouldn't have meant nearly so much. Yeah. If she she would have won it the same year as Babington, which would have been pretty cool and would have put her in an even more elite club. Mm. But. Uh, 
yeah, it's an incredible result to, to come back. And one of the things about COVID is that you think these older horses were kind of robbed of various chances and to see both Classic Mary and Veneer Chimera sort of coming back after COVID and doing so well is heartwarming, although that sounds like a terrible cliche. <laughs> and the good news is, although I was sure that Veneer Chimera was going to be retired in the ring today when she won, is that Piggy said she might go on until she's 25 if her owner has her way. So hopefully we're going to see lots more of her. Brilliant. Well, uh, I don't think it's really quite over for us ladies because we've all still got more work to do. Uh, Gemma's got a lot of words to write for the magazine and you'll be able to read that in this week's magazine out on the 8th of September, as well as exclusive thoughts from Mark Phillips and Nick Burton on the dressage specifically. Martha and I have got a few jobs to do tidying up our web stories. There is an absolute wealth of web content that uh, you can pick up from over the week. Reports, features, interviews with grooms, first timers, all sorts there that you can uh, tap into. And Lucy's been doing sterling work, producing lots of great videos. So uh, do make sure you check out those as well. They're available on the website and also on social media. And of course, podcast wise, we'll be back with a review of Burley in our weekly podcast this Thursday. So uh, we, I imagine, might all be on again uh, talking about this in a different way if you haven't had enough Burley. And then, of course, we will move on to the worlds at Protoni. So this is it, ladies. Thank you so much for joining me for, uh, for our daily podcast from Burley. Thank you. It's thank been you. great. Thank fun. you. Well, listeners, thank you so much for joining us for our Horse and Hand special daily podcast from the Land Rover Burley Horse Trials, supported by Bailey's Performance Balancer.